From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Man, that went fast. Hey, everybody. Welcome in this morning. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are in the studio today to the joy of Knock. He texted me this week. Are you guys in the studio this week? Yes, we are. We're here. He's like, oh, great. He was going to have a party when like, oh, we great. wasn't here, but we we, yeah. we, we put a it's, you can always big tell old him. dent in that, uh, his plans. I don't know if it's Knock or if it's Charlie Oaks or if it's Mason or whoever, but every time we come in here, there's like, uh, you know, there's like, Oil and candles and things hanging. It's just weird. Yeah, I was, was wondering why. What, <laughs> is that what it is? You're trying to put us in the mood? Well, easy. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to calm you down, Brady. That's what he's saying. The rest of us, we're fine. to the mean. big and wild outdoors. If you want to put us in the mood, you got to come in and put some dopey over in the corner, <laughs> over, in the corner over there. And then we'll be walking in going... So, Wait a minute. So November Wait. already? Wait a minute. It, it can't be November already. Well, we had the camo <laughs> net hanging down from the ceiling, but they came in and renovated yeah, that. Yeah. It took, took it that down. right away. They took it down, and, and you know what? We never got it back. I I don't know. I guess Lou, in his retirement, is using it for his duck blind. You never know. <laughs> as as we can contribute. Yeah, as long as he can come in. Well, anyway, uh, Bill George is not with us this morning. He's on his way to PA. He's up there to go to Pennsylvania. To go uh, do some turkey hunting and hang out with family, so it's just uh, yeah. Me I knew it wasn't a family hangout only trip. <laughs> it's just because I need a place to stay. It's uh, Braden, Glenn, and Jonathan in the studio today, so it'll be uh, nice and relaxed, <clears throat> enjoyable. We'll, and, we'll uh, have to just see. I'll let you know about nine fifty nine. How bad it's getting, or <laughs> yeah. how good it's going to be. And uh, it's a beautiful weekend. King of the Beach is happening this uh, weekend, of course. Uh, our buddy Vince um, from Living the Water Life and uh, Captain Pollard are on the Thunder Marine boat. They're out fishing in it this morning, so they're all out there uh, uh, trying to win some money. I was listening to our good friend, Mr. Anderson, on the way in this morning, and they said they had sick him and Dylan Hubbard were on, and they said there were 650-plus boats. Wow. 600. I, I found, or, 600 or 680 something, wasn't it? Well, uh, as of Thursday. I think I heard it was still around 500 and some change and then, but there was more registering every day. And, uh, I was talking to Zeke with Barracuda Tackle and he's like, and you remember on average, there's four people on a boat. Yeah. Cause you have a driver, you have a co-captain and two fishermen, usually how it goes. So there's at least four people per boat per boat. Yeah. And that's not counting all the family and everybody, friends, and everybody else that shows well, up. Well, just to the go people watch. that show, like you say, y'all go out there and watch the way in yeah. and everything else. And it was just funny to hear Dylan uh, talking about the stories of all, of course, all the guys that he knows coming by and uh, him sitting out there on the deck with a cup of coffee and people yelling at him and mooning him and everything else from all those guys on the Kingfish boats. Well, they're going to be out there. It's going to be a nice day to be offshore and go do that. But. Um, I don't know. I saw some pictures. Vince went out and they did some pre-fishing yesterday and they had some, had some Kings on there, but they were all, you know, two footers, you know, not, you know, average size, good eating size, but nothing really monster smokers or anything. But, uh, what do you think it's going to take to win? Oh, dude. 60 plus with all them boats. I mean, the competition's going to be pretty stout. 
Well, the thing is, is when it comes to kingfish like that, and those guys are all pros. Trust yeah. me, this is oh, yeah. for the most for most of them. This is not their first rodeo, so you know it could be literally quarter of an inch. They they could win it. You know, I mean, it could be that much more that'll do it because you could put those fish and go, man, that's the same fish as the other one. It looks just like them. You could weigh two extra pounds. Oh, they were talking. I mean, I know they were talking, and I've heard this from people all week. Some people were actually coming in the shop, of course, getting their bow fishing stuff and everything. Uh, but I know that there was a one guy who follows it, and they said they were hearing 60, 62, 64, 65 pound kings is what they were, what they were catching. Yeah, they want they want big dogs out there, big smokers. But <clears throat> enjoy it while you can, because I think this is the last year that it's going to be out at Madeira Beach, out at the park. Because apparently the uh, the powers that be, the smart people out there, the politicians, decided they need more money. More money, more money. You got to pay us more money to do your tournament out there. And they're like, are you kidding? Do you know what kind of what we do to your uh, your economy for your little bitty tiny portion of the beaches right there every year? Twice a year. I'm sorry, not once a year, but twice a year. I bet they, I bet they bring in $2 million. Uh, just alone. Do, do they have a backup location yet? Uh, not that I know of. Why are you thinking of your place? <laughs> yeah, they, they, you put six boats in my lake, and they're that's it. It's full. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got plenty of room to park anyway. Yeah, out there you might the catch side. a catfish or something. Yeah. There, that lake right there with all them people with the triples and the quad <laughs> motors, it would look like that commercial with a phone commercial where the dude's spraying water on everybody. Yeah, there won't be any water in the lake. It'll be blown out in the field. Blown out and be sucked into <laughs> engines all at one time. Water level will drop nine feet. No. no, but they were saying that uh, they're looking at alternative places, and one of them mentioned, of course, is is now like the hot spot for everything. Tighten the drag, uh, St. Pete open, all that stuff. Yeah. Magnuson down there by the yeah. skyway. So uh, the good thing about that is a lot of these fishermen, they can go there. Leave their boats parked right there on the beach, get a room, sleep, get a good night's sleep, bring the family, let the kids off in the pool, go psh, go do whatever. I, I just don't, and maybe this is the business side of me coming out, I don't understand this here lately because it's just like you said, with this tournament, uh, I've heard this with other events, outdoor events and everything else. Why is it all of a sudden everybody is so greedy when it comes to the you know sportsmen and sportswomen? side of things I don't, you know it doesn't it, it's done so well they've done it for so long and it's done so well it's I, a machine gr- granted you know sometimes if you don't get there at a certain time the traffic can be kind of overwhelming you know yeah. getting ready to park and stuff but that's that's anywhere oh, oh yeah downtown st pete anywhere uh, downtown tampa eboard brandon Plant city during Plant the strawberry city. festival yeah exactly I mean. uh yeah stay off 92 yeah yeah you know, <laughs> Uh, but it goes like that anywhere. So <clears throat> I can't understand why they're saying it's putting a more of a strain on there. And it, for some reason now it's going to be more expensive. So, huh. uh, you know, <clears throat> I just don't get it. I think it'd be a good idea to move to the Magnuson. It would probably do wonders. For, oh, we're for the sorry. Tournament. We're putting a strain on your infrastructure here. Uh, here's a uh, $3 million from the event we just yeah. had this week. Handle it, Roy. <laughs> here's three mil. Handle it. Well, you know, that's the good thing about our panfish tournament. We already did that. Yeah. We, you know, we, we built in your hotel and your accommodations and everything in as well as a boat ramp. Everything's all right there. You can get a cabin. You can camp out. You can park your RV. You can, you know, uh, stay up the road or you can drive up the night before. It's only an hour north of us. So it's not that far away. Yeah. It's easy to get to. There will be no traffic jam. It's all good. And, uh, if you get a cabin or like I said, you have an RV or something. You walk out, 
get in your boat down on the dock and off you go. Yeah. Right yeah. on into the lake. And I just, I did a Google on our, our panfish tournament. You see what popped out. We're, we're getting there. I mean, we, we did make the uh, Google search for <gasps> last year's tournament. No way. Yeah. We're so, number two. Yeah. Number two. Look at there. Yeah, baby. That's pretty awesome. Google search. So, uh, well, make I'm, plans for that. June 16th. I know you was hesitant on that, but yes, you're correct. <laughs> yeah, I looked at both of you when I went six <laughs> C. Uh, I was waiting to hear you finish the sentence. But talking to Jim Veal this past week, I know you you talked to him as well, and they're all excited, and more sponsors are coming on there. He was, uh, I call it, I know we got the, uh, the uh, boss man Glenn text of, hey, guys, if you're going to get a uh, cabin, you need to get on the stick and – I know when I got him on the phone, it was nice because Jim was – he was very excited. Let's just say it like that. Well, it's coming along pretty good. And just speaking with him as we have, uh, getting all those cabins lined up because the uh, it is Father's Day weekend. So what a great yeah. weekend to make plans to come on out and do a good day of fishing and enjoy the atmosphere, um, having a sausage sandwich and some water or drinks or Pepsis mm. or whatever you may bring. I talk, we'll talk, have some as well. Yeah, it'll be a great day. <clears throat> talk to our good friend, Mister Nettles, and uh, as I like to call Wayne, Mister Nettles is. So we're we getting like the, a thousand feet of sausage. We got we got the grill. The grills. I've already went over the grills. So well, he to told go. me he was coming to do all the cooking. What? Yeah, I've got help this year. It's nice. That's going to be awesome, dude. Yeah, Nettles is going to come up with their own grill and do all the cooking and. I think the, even the head guy from up there from Lake County is coming. Yeah. What? <clears throat> the big shot will be cooking. Well, we're going to cook a little something here during the break and uh, maybe a donut or two. We'll see. <laughs> Thank goodness they're already cooked. They're so easy to microwave and warm up. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> we're brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors. And, of course, the great folks out of Brandon Ford will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome in this morning to the Big and Wild Outdoors on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's going to be a really nice day today. It's going to be kind of warm. Not expecting any rain, I don't think, for the most part. Unless Not it today. pops up in the afternoon or something. Might get a little uh, little drizzle here and there, so it's no big deal. But good luck to everybody out there uh, on King of the Beach today. But we were talking before the break about our little tournament coming up on uh, June twenty, June 16th. <sighs> At the, uh, You're having a struggle with that. Panavista Lodge, uh, <laughs> uh, the Panfish Challenge, our fourth annual, believe it or not. And I was going to say, you know what I'm looking forward to this year is to all the people who were there last year who were renting cabins, but unbeknownst to them, there was a fishing tournament going on. And once they found out about it, they were like, oh, yeah. dude, we're coming back next year. This oh, would yeah. be awesome. Because they all had kids. You know, they had kids, and they're like, oh, man, I wish I would have known. I'd, we'd have been out there doing this thing. Yeah. And so oh, you had a year, couple, Didn't we have a couple of them that day that signed up to yeah, do the had, tournament? Yeah. Yes. At the last minute, they yeah. just were like, they were staying there. We can do this? Kids. What? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Do what you got to do. But it, it, I wanted to say, if you want more information for it, of course, you can go to our Facebook page and take a look there. We have... Uh, the flyer right there that's being updated just about every week um, with new sponsors, new people coming on board. And uh, if you really want to rent a cabin or anything like that, uh, do yourself a favor and call the uh, folks up at uh, Panavista Lodge. You can Google it, Panavista Lodge or PanavistaLodge.com, and uh, it'll bring up the page. <clears throat> show you some of the cabins and some of the amenities there and all that kind of good stuff and gives you all the fees for uh, boat rentals if you want to get a little uh, – uh, what is it? A three seater chopper, one of those little John boats in there, or you can get a 
a nice uh, little pontoon boat with a kicker on the back. Yeah, he's uh, <clears throat> I think he's about halfway on the rentals on the pontoon boat. So better get it while they last. While they last, you know, <laughs> that's all I can say. We should get in the John boat rental business at least for that weekend. Well, he has a few of those available, but the uh, pontoon boats are, you know, family oriented. So people are looking to get those for the comfort and the ride and have all the room so the kids can stretch out and sleep. But, you know, last year we had 40, uh, 40 boats actually entered and were a big difference from 600 for the uh, big kingfish tournament. But yeah, but on those 40 boats, if it's a John boat, you can put, I mean, uh, a pontoon. pontoon boat, you can put, you know, as many as it'll hold. Eight, ten people. Yeah. Whatever the Coast Guard regulation re- uh, allows on your vessel, that's what you're allowed to fish with on there. And But uh, right now, our first place is going to pay out $550, regardless of however many boats is entered. If there's 100 boats, could increase who knows but uh to the generosity of the people in the in the neighborhoods are just donating more cash to pay for the first to first place or whatever all the way down but again it's going to be a great day and uh looking forward to it of course i'm looking forward to meeting the fwc guys again and see what they bring because you know last year they brought a lot of good information at at the way in area all the you know the boat rulers the fish rulers and all the i mean they just really came out with a lot of stuff to give away to the kids as well so i'm looking for that opportunity to share with those guys i had really fun talking to those guys good information uh plus like i say 39 of those 40 boats weighed fish in uh as you know the 40th boat whatever number it may have been uh but they had a a vessel issue and had to put in get out of the water at tracy's point otherwise we'd have probably had 40 boats weigh fish in all day all it takes is one yep (laughs) you know you never know it takes one if you got one big monster shell cracker or one big giant uh, monster bluegill, and you can win uh, that itself. So I mean, and it's which a pays a hundred dollars, hundred bucks for a day of fishing. No, hundred dollars for one shell cracker, one heaviest bluegill, whichever the case is that wins. And that may also increase. Just it, it just depends. Like I said, every week if new people are coming on board. I know that uh, the list right now. I think we have. Uh, let's see, Brandon Ford, Chuchi's Lawn Equipment, uh, Barracuda Tackle. Who else? Uh, GNB Gator. GNB. Uh, of course, you have Catfish Johnny's up there. Um, Sumter County Tires. Coastal Angler. I mean, there's just a lot. And then there's a lot of individuals, and I know they, they don't really want their names put out there, uh, but they just donated a lot of stuff, a lot of tackle. Uh, Southeastern Tackle was set up again. We're uh, the first 100 kids. That, that's why it's important to register, so that the first 100 kids that are registered for the fish uh, fishing tournament will get Either a fiberglass telescopic pole or a combination rod and reel. Don't know exactly what style or brand it'll be just yet, but uh, it, last year's it was a it was a good hit. Thank it you, was, Mark, for all that, man. I know Mark out there oh, yeah. at Southeastern Discount Tackle. He jumped right on board with it, man. He wants to be a part. I think they're going to come up. I think they're going to fish it. So we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, well, even if he doesn't, I think he was saying he just wants to come up and, and be a part of the atmosphere with the kids and uh, just see what it's all about. Because you know, we tell them. A lot of our sponsors that we just share the information with, and of course, uh, they don't get to come and see it because they're working or whatever. But this year, I think our sponsors were getting a lot of uh, support, and uh, they want to just come and see what it's all about. Yeah, it's a good thing. And of course, all the proceeds that we generate, 100% of the proceeds uh, that we get from the benefit of this goes to the Everyday uh, Children Blessings Children's Home out there in Thanetasasa, and uh, of course, South Sumter FFA alumni. So, all a great cause, and... Uh, all the proceeds would be greatly appreciated, I can assure you. FFA's coming out. Boy Scouts, are they coming out this year? Yeah, they're uh, going to have the Boy Scouts help with the uh, parking arrangements. Of course, the FFA as well. 
Uh, so it's uh, it'll be busy. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Well, and I know uh, we've talked about this before too. The this is my well, it's the second year I've been a part of it, or third year I've been a part of it, and I know I've already had people contacting me about it, and I know I didn't tell you this. I, there were people at the Beast Feast that were actually talking about this tournament. Yeah, that's uh, it'll be a great time. So if you want more information, just go to Big and Wild Facebook page or bigandwild dot com and uh, or Panda Vista Lodge and all the information rules. Uh, it's it's real simple. We're just following the state of Florida laws that are already in place for our tournament. Um, it's all right there. You can register called Panda Vista Lodge in uh, Sumter County, and you can make your reservations online. Get pre registered, pay the entry fee, and you're all set. Twenty five dollars per boat, not per person. For pre-registration, thirty-five day of. So, I mean, how how simple is that? Can't make it any easier. <clears throat> Very simple. It's easy done. And the rules are: you go out and go fish. <laughs> go, well, go go fish and catch the fish. Just don't bring any bass. Don't bring any crappie. Don't bring any uh, mudfish or gar or anything else like that because they don't count. Yeah, they won't count. You can keep them. Yeah, if you want. Them. <laughs> but but uh, it's just a panfish tournament. But I will say, I know our good friend Bill George. He's went up and. Fought the great battle again up the, this past week down in South Florida for the uh, game and fish, all the new the rules and some of the proposals. And uh, if you're going to Maine, because he's in Pennsylvania, going up there this morning to try to get his turkey. No, no, no he's not trying. He got one already. Already? Yeah, that's what it that ain't ding even was. daylight there. What is it? <clears throat> you didn't see the picture? Oh, well, he sent it to you. you I have. Been been but I've been yapping. You've been yep, there it is right there. I just I had to put a thumbs up on that and not just put jerk also, but that's okay. Well, he might as well just pack it up and come on back. That's right. He's it's done. a done deal. It's he over. He was going for a week. He's over. <laughs> First day there, bang, it's over. I, I just texted him back and just said, hey, man, leave them chickens alone. This is a nice looking bird. Looks like a dominic. Hey, all I can say is, is if you're, if, the horse, you're riding the horse, ride him until he bucks you. <laughs> <clears throat> that's right. I so, mean, he's, on a, he's on a roll I'm, this year. He's just a. Uh, because there's some he's of a, us that have been thrown right out of the chute. <laughs> we ain't got a chance. No, oh, no. He's done deal. It's well, done. Well, I know that before that, he was down there in Fort Lauderdale fighting the good fight for all of us uh, You know, at the FWC meeting. And, of course, it didn't really go the way we thought it would go with the uh, – well, we kind of did think it was going to go that did you way really think with that the Goliath were, Grouper. Did you think they were going to open it up? Uh, you know what? If if they'd have spent more time talking to the people along the West Coast and probably doing the final meeting over at Bill Jackson's like they did, uh, they probably would have been swayed. Because uh, talking to Bill George as he was on his way up to um, Pennsylvania, he called me and gave me a brief description on how things went over there. And of course, a lot of uh, a lot of the aunties showed up there with their t-shirts on and all that kind of stuff, and were very vocal about it and. Uh, you have a lot of dive um, shops and stuff like that that make their money off of tourists who uh, were complaining about it. So they were jumping on board with it. And uh, they're not really spear fishermen or anything like that. They're more like the underwater tourists. So that was their sightseers. Their sightseers. No, well, that's great. I mean, my response to them is just like what Bill would say to him. You would say to him. Glenn would say to him. Or I'm going to say to him is okay are you going to pay 1500 to 2000 dollars for a dive trip to go down and look at a bunch of goliath grouper and that's it well the thing is is as i found out uh, talking to bill george uh the reason why they were kind of swayed i think for the most part is because of the fact that the numbers of goliath grouper in on the east coast 
and down in the Keys are greatly reduced as compared to the west coast of Florida. Well, so we have open a, up a west, uh, just like they do on the east coast for this fish and the west coast for this fish. Yeah, snook season's closed here, but it's open in the Atlantic waters, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Sure, why not? They didn't even we look got at that. four zones to hunt in this state. For I God mean, sakes. Gulf waters, the Atlantic <laughs> yeah, waters. Yeah, they didn't even look at that part of it. And, of course, my answer to that was, um, what is a more popular industry over on that side of the state of Florida as compared to our side of the state of Florida? And what is everybody go down there for every year? And that's lobster season. Mm-hmm. Well, what's as we found out through the biologists, which they did not say that over there. Over here, they told us that they eat slipper lobsters and uh, spiny lobsters all over the place. That they're mostly crustacean, you know, uh, crustacean, crustacean eaters, and uh, so. As I pointed out, I said, why do you think the numbers are so greatly reduced over there? Do you think it's because there are people that are underwater that are handling their business because they want to see more lobster in their area? Guarantee it. Uh, Or are they just magically not there? You know, I said, uh, don't tell me that there's not people down there that are protecting their resource because they make more money by tourists and Floridians going over there for lobster season than they do for people go to look at Goliath Grouper. Well, you talk at King of the Beach. I mean, how many people do you know years? I mean, like us with Panavista. Vista. How many people do you know that years in advance have hotel rooms booked? Oh, have, yeah. uh, I mean, for lobster season, for two days. It's craziness down there it, during lobster kinda, season. When you talk to those people mm-hmm. uh, that are fishing, going offshore, going just out on the, the points to catch some fish, and I hear people talk about it, you know, well, we took care of that one. What do you mean took care of it? You know, I'm <laughs> I know what they're saying. Of course you do. Bull you know, sharks got to eat too, you know. <laughs> and what a waste, you know, when you think about it, yeah. what a waste. But I understand the frustration of it. It's kind of like, you know, you have your food plot set up for your deer, and next thing you know, hogs come in and just tear it all to pieces. Uh, so what do you do? You, you take care of the hogs. So I don't, I just. Um, I look at it this way too. I, I put up the fact that, you know, you go over there and you you have this dive industry over there and it's a tourist industry and i understand that and they get to see the occasional goliath grouper over there on a wreck or whatever it is that they're doing that's a big difference from when you go over here on our coast over here and you go dive onto a wreck or reef or whatever and it is like they're completely covered with goliath grouper yeah now boca grand pass all the way up it doesn't matter all the way around pensacola they're all there i think they should have at least a slot limit now, that right the there was that, that was brought up, and then of course it's well, those have got to grow up to be breeders. So if you're taking out the slots, then when really? the older ones and the bigger ones are dead they're and gone, always going to be coming up. Th- there's there's no satisfying Renewable them. Renewable resource. It's kind of like uh, common sense gun control. When you look at the peel back all the onions and they get to the heart of it, it's they don't want you to do it in the first place. They don't want you to have the firearm, and they don't want you shooting Goliath Grouper. Which, by the way, I thought was funny. They took all this information from spear fishermen, but they didn't want to hear anything from spear, spear fishermen over here on the West Coast. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. We're on the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and the fabulous folks out at uh, G5 Feeding Outdoors. I got some exciting news I got to tell you about them, too, coming up. We'll do it after the break. Let's really squash them down. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan in the studio this morning. We're glad you're with us this morning. Uh, Bill George is up in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's on the phone right now. We'll get to him in just a second. But I, before the break, I wanted to tell you that uh, Bill uh, Bill Glisson out at uh, G5 uh, talked to me yesterday and said they were doing an exciting thing 
on Are you Sunday. To tell people this already. Yeah, he said uh, you need to. I, I shared it on our Facebook page, so you need to go check it out. And it's also on the uh, G Five Feeding Outdoors uh, Facebook page. You need to follow them because what they're doing is they uh, they got the new Wildcat Double X that's in that. I think they were the first literally Textron dealer in the state of Florida to get those things in there. And they are phenomenally incredible and unbelievably fast. And um, we didn't have the double X out at the uh, ride, uh, the rally in the valley out at uh, Bone Valley. Did have a wildcat, but not the double X. This thing, they literally took straight from the factory out to the hammers. And it completed the hammers out there for that for that race. And... Uh, they already make an aftermarket uh, turbo kit that you can put on it that takes it well over 300 horsepower. The little thing will literally, you stomp the gas, it'll go straight up. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But what they're doing uh, tomorrow, super secret, they've invited uh, eight of the top pro off-road drivers from around the state of Florida um, <clears throat> to come out, and they're going to go and try to break the thing tomorrow. And... Uh, Challenge accepted. Apparently, they uh, they took it out on uh, past Thursday on a private track and actually launched it about uh, 25 feet up in the air from jump to jump <laughs> across the thing. But what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing a lot more of these, and they're inviting the public to be able to come out and do it, but they want you to go and pre-register so they know how many people yeah, exactly. are going to come out and do this kind of thing. Kind of like what we did at Rally on the Valley, but this is basically a kind of a private test drive type thing if you want to you know do it like if you show up at brandon ford and say i want to test drive that mustang you know you take it out and you go do it this is basically going to be this kind of the same thing and um it's the for the wildcat double x but go to the facebook page there's a number there you need to call and you can call chris or whatever and you basically make a reservation to go out and drive this thing any any way you want to on the test drive and it is a phenomenal creature it's very comfortable. It's almost like sitting in a Ferrari once you get in it. Nice. It's very comfortable, kind of laid back a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Very comfy. 18 inches of travel in the back, 17 in the front. I mean, it's going to be hard to bottom that thing out. But speaking of big bottom guys, let's talk to Bill George, who's up in <laughs> Pennsylvania. How you doing, Billy? All right. It's pretty flat right now for, uh, you know, what is it, 17-hour drive up here <laughs> Jump out of the truck, throw on a turkey vest, run out in the woods, and kill a turkey. I well, bet you know. must have spotted it from the road. Who uh, are you kidding? Uh, he hit it on the way to the driveway. Yeah. I think it's. Really, <laughs> it's well, it's it's uh, it was raining pretty good up here. I I still decided I'd put on the vest and go out and put on a rain jacket. And as I I drove down the road, parked the car, it stopped raining. I walked in. I didn't set ten minutes called a couple times and uh had three hens in the strutter come in and i just went ahead and finished my first three tag hens out walked out without a strutter yeah really <laughs> yeah the strutter walked out with a, another bird on his shoulder so it's a, this this looks like a pretty uh pretty uh nice chunky little bird. boy here what was it a 25 pounder at least right i I, uh, I don't know i just turned around took them back uh put them at the house and i uh, had to drive back over the hill to come call into y'all, um, you know, so in order to send a picture, I could have called from the house, but in order to send a picture to you, because you don't have an iPhone, uh, I had to come back over the hill and, and where I had some cell phone signal. Oh, so. well, now this one here, I'm looking at it on, on, on my uh, my phone here, the picture that you sent of me, and, uh, you know, I got a question. Uh, on the center, 
Why is uh, this feather? Right? Yeah, that what, feather in the center. What is that one? It's almost like a. It doesn't have a tip on it. What what is the, what is up with that? You oh, usually I see know, that on Jake's. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There was a bunch of feathers I picked up from the ground. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? You just stuffed it back in there to make it look good for his the picture. Wing, his wing feathers. <laughs> that's beautiful. No, no, no I turn around. I, I'm a believer. I don't like leaving a whole lot of evidence where I killed a turkey. Um, I just assume people not know that there was a turkey that ever lived there because the spot I went in today is a spot that I kill one or I have somebody else in there with me and they kill one just about every year. So I can tell there's uh, a there's a marker there in the back. I don't know if that's a fence post or uh, some sort of marker where you have it in the woods, so you know exactly the spot. No, is it? I'm just like I said. I thought it was a rub when I first looked. At it. I was like, oh man, there's a big old rub in the background. I'm like, no, that's a it, post of some kind. I was I was right on the peak top of a hill where a logging trail crests the hill and goes over. I was I'm right at the top, and I sat down there, and as I was setting up, there's a. It, it's a mud bowl right now, but it's where turkeys are dusting. And after I shot this thing turkey, I went over there, and there's turkey poop all in the road. I said, well, I guess there's some turkeys around here. Well, you know, that's pretty funny that you, uh, you know, most people say on a rainy day like that in Hill Country, the top of the ridges is where you want to be. And uh, like obviously, open fields. obviously you've uh, added a little truth to that because uh, well, that's a good-looking bird, man. He should have picked a different place. <laughs> well, he should have, but you picked the right I, spot. That's Bill, a good thing. Hey, Bill, have they seen any albinos up there? Because I noticed there was a lot of white and stuff in his... Uh, his wings, yes, yeah. I noticed that. They're and, extremely uh, we've white. Had a, we've had a lot of uh, very white-winged birds. Uh, George shot one a couple years ago that was almost all white-winged bird it was it was you know it almost looks miriam like except for the tail i mean the tail looks like your uh, typical eastern but the wings on this thing are barred like a like a miriam almost that's an that's an awesome looking turkey dude well i was uh, needless to say i'm a little ecstatic you know sitting now with uh six more days to hunt and i have one tag to burn uh We'll, oh, we'll so now nice. you're going to be selective. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't put it off, Bill. Don't wait till the last Burn minute. it, baby. Burn it. Get it done and over with so you can get everything cleaned up for the deer season. Yeah. That's right. And get, well, my, get my stand yeah. placement in. <laughs> yeah, get to work. Glenn's waiting Ian, to get up there. Ian Nance from the Lakeland Ledger is going to be up uh, later on this week and going to hook up with him. And I was hoping to be done before he, he was – got up here so that i could give him some pointers Very as nice. to where he might want to go you know what i meant to i said i think i sent him a text or an email or something but make sure you remind him to come out to the uh, panfish challenge on uh the uh, 16th i will i'll make sure i talk about that right. we'll, we're going to try and do a dinner one night uh and everything else so. well, now i gotta ask you this on this turkey uh is is this going to be a mount or is this going into the pot what are you going to do with it's, this big fatty it's all pot yeah, it's all. He'll probably be eaten before I uh, leave Pennsylvania. Well, that's good. That's well, a good. Make thing, sure man. you bring the wing bones back. I I have a pile of them. <laughs> Do you really? I'm about to say he's got plenty of wing bones for people this year. <laughs> he's been cleaning birds. Yeah, well. <laughs> I can't believe there's that much left of that bird after you shot it with a 300 wind mag. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that was uh, that was the 870. So. <laughs> 870. Uh, what what load did you use on this? How far was it? Uh, it was about 25 yards and uh, three and a half inch uh, oh. long beard. Uh, 
number sixes. So you just killed it with a wad. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, he doesn't look that messed up. I mean, uh, I know you'll get a nice fan mount out of it if he can figure out what that freaky black feather in the middle is. Yeah, well, I I didn't look. There was... There was a few feathers on the ground where he he kicked everything up. I mean, he he dug a pretty good little hole and flung a bunch of mud around. He was in the logging road, like I said, and uh, so I'm not too sure. I I quickly picked up a bunch of feathers, filled out my tag, and uh, got out of there because there was one bird that gobbled, and I didn't think it was him. So I wanted to go ahead and get out of there and and get away from that area, let it settle down. That's nice. So, well, I don't know if you heard the uh, first hour because you were too busy killing this turkey, but uh, we wanted to thank you for heading down to Fort Lauderdale and at least putting in your two cents, although it didn't kind of go our way. But uh, well, it was interesting. You know for you. what? And and I sat there and I listened, and, and you can go back and go to the Florida Channel and re-listen to it. It's kind of interesting. Um, we know what we know about our area of the state, and we know we have quite a few Goliath grouper here. But it was really interesting when you listen to some of the people who are scientists that are out there even feeding data into the FWC's FR, you know, the research department mm-hmm. that they use in their modeling of data for other things. And so this is a this is an or, these are like organizations that we we have a lot of stock in. Sit there and say, you know what? In the state of Florida as a whole, you're not there. Okay. And, yes, we could have talked about some regional stuff and everything else, but the key thing is a couple of the commissioners charged staff to come back before the end of the year with a plan on how we can get there, okay? They didn't think we were there today. They didn't They, they didn't ask staff to come up with a rule on um, being able to, to harvest some Goliath grouper. But they did charge them with coming up with a plan by the end of the year on how we can get to where we can. Yeah. And we have the information that we need to do it. And a, a lot of that's, I think, going to depend. They talk about some um, sampling, like taking some skin samples. And that's where some of these spear uh, fishermen may be able to come in, in handy and start taking and coming back with a bunch of samples so they could show how many different the live groupers there are well, in our area. We'll talk yeah. about it when you get back. we got to take a break. Adios. All right, see you, Bill Bye. George. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're going to take a fast one, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, and Jonathan, and uh, Bill George up in Pennsylvania. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him Later on, when he gets back from whatever it is he's doing up there, besides killing turkeys, I can see why Bill sits over here in the corner because it's like I can hide. It's nice and quiet, peaceful. You can sneak, you can dark observe. Yeah. Well, I I wanted to bring up some of the things. If you go to myfwc.com, it's always a good resource to be able to uh, keep uh, an eye on things that are coming up. I I know that uh, the FWC is discussing the uh, Gulf Red Snapper management uh, for their programs and all that stuff it's it's a never-ending fight with that and uh you know the governor at least before he heads out you know he signed his little dealio uh, with the with the state so that we can 
go do some snapper fishing a little bit Duh. later on and and uh you know they also i wanted to let everybody know that grouper hog fishing opens up on may 1st in the atlantic uh, waters over there uh that's one of the other things that came up and then they were also talking about the fact that also on may 1st in the gulf waters over here amberjack um you know it's going to be opening back up and all that kind of good stuff so um it's it's may, a never-ending battle it really is well may 1st is the day for a lot of good fishing going on that's if you want to get out there to get it done <laughs> i mean it's, it's everybody's waiting for may may the day come that we can get out there and catch more fish yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I, I know we've talked about it on the show many many times if you don't these days if you don't keep an eye on it and you don't follow the fwc and really be more proactive in what it is and finding out what you like to do you could end up in trouble and, that, and that's that's what we don't want to happen uh i know that uh, if you watch or you go read some of the reports from the officers in the field. Uh, it's amazing how many times you hear the words, I didn't know that. Oh, it's amazing you know, all the conversations I've told Bill this at the shop that I have with people that they start talking about like, well, you know, they close that, right? And they're what? like, what? When when do they do that? I mean, that's always <laughs> the next question. You go, dude, that's been at least five months or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or uh, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out and get a bunch of amberjacks. Go out and go win. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna go out next." Week. I go, "What are you gonna turn them loose?" Or because you know you're not allowed to uh, keep those. I've got that fish rules app downloaded on my phone that uh, is strictly strictly keeps up with the rules and regs around here. And there's been times at the shop, like you said, I've had guy. I had a guy the other day say something about amberjacks to me, and I told him, "I'm like." uh you might want to rethink your whole fishing trip there. Yeah, he goes, he's like, well, what do you mean you can't catch amberjacks anymore? I'm like, you can't. <laughs> you can catch them, but you can't, you can't keep, them. keep them. Now, are they pretty good about keeping that updated? I mean, it updates to every the point? night. Okay. Because I was going to say, because even the FDLE and uh, the state of Florida can't, uh, I don't can't know. Decide on I don't who know. Can buy Whoever designed this app is a, a bloody genius because i can literally the stuff we talk about in here as far as the closures and everything else that we find out about mm-hmm. um i can literally go on there and bring it up and it's everything's covered well that's good because so. it's gonna uh, you know it'd be interesting to see what they what they say about the goliath grouper on there because uh the statement that was released after the meeting this past week down in Fort Lauderdale, I love the media statement from the FWC. It's pretty much uh, short and to the point. Usually they give you these long dissertations about how one group said this and one group said that, and we looked at this and biologists put this in and all this stuff, and this is basically what they said. After listening to public comments and discussing the current and future management of Goliath Grouper in Florida in the April meeting in Fort Lauderdale, of course there's no mention of any of the other meetings, um, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Co- uh, Conservation Commission directed staff to continue current Goliath Grouper research and management, which I didn't think okay. they were even doing that anyway. Goliath Grouper. And develop a roadmap to direct future conservation efforts and not pursue a limited harvest. There you go. So it's all about the conservation efforts, but no limited harvest whatsoever and this is one of the things that was brought up in the discussion over here at bill jackson's was how are you going to do your research and uh all the other stuff if you're not taking fish out of the water here's what it says on the app what does it say don't touch unlawful to harvest Uh possess land purchase sell or exchange this species 
Wait, go down that list again. It's unlawful land. to It is land. unlawful to harvest, possess, mm-hmm. land, purchase, sell, or exchange this species. There you go. That's pretty much in a nutshell. And I can read the additional info. Goliath grouper is protected species, FWC rules. Speculate that the harvest possession of a Goliath grouper is prohibited. Goliath grouper are caught and, but immediately returned to the water free, alive, unharmed, and not harvested. Taking photos after removing the hooks and possess or imposing for pictures with Goliath groupers is not considered an immediate release of the fish. So you should not remove a Goliath grouper from the water to take pictures. If you want pictures, take them with the fish still in the water. Yeah, that's why you always see pictures of people are jumping off the side of the boat and getting their picture taken with the fish while yeah. they're in the water. Well, like yeah. uh, I'm going to be flopping around in the water with that big fish, five, so that another fish pounder. comes by and takes the smaller of the well, two. It's like uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. One of the guys I know down at Boca that goes over there to the steps there in the past, they catch them, and that's what they do is drag them over to the beach like the tarpon and yeah. take a picture with them. Yeah, as long as the hook's yeah, still in its with mouth. The, with the Hilton swimming around down in the in the Atlantic and the Gulf now. Oh yeah, I saw that. That uh, what was the? That's Th- like a sixteen hundred pound uh, great thirteen hundred yeah, something, something pound great white now. That's in the uh, first time ever in the Gulf waters. Yeah, well, I think they that say they, that I, they know of. I think he rounded off the curve and he went past Pensacola, and they assume that he's over by uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, right now, hanging out. Well, so. it's like uh, I told we told everybody when we used to spearfish, we would go down to Anna Maria and some of those places, and it's one of my buddies said he goes, "You realize you're in the water with." Yeah, big, that, big fish. I yeah. mean, that's you just they're there, especially when you see that hammerhead that comes up and rip that black tip, that five or six foot black tip apart. Well, you know, I I was going to bring up the fact that you know when when I read this and it says you know they're going to uh, research and management. There is no management if all your management is conservation. There is no management of the predators. There's no management of of, of taking and and uh, protecting a reef and all that stuff. There is no management part of it. And I thought it was very funny because over here on the West Coast, they made it pretty much pretty clear that they didn't want any uh, divers involved in this decision making when they went talked about management. Because we said, how are you going to get stomach contents talk out about of an boots animal on the ground? Yeah, out of an animal that uh, you <laughs> fins know, re- in the water <laughs> regurgitates everything out of its stomach on its way up to the surface or at the surface. Yeah. So you have no research there if you keep it that way online, yeah. hook and line. Uh, if you go down there and you powerhead that sucker where he lives and bring him up, he's pretty much intact. So you can get just about every kind of information you need off of it uh, right then and there. And uh, they didn't want any part of that. I said it's very interesting how they didn't want to hear anything about the divers on the West Coast, but the people that swayed them and made their decisions on the East Coast were the divers. Yeah. So the divers on the West Coast, no. Divers on the East Coast, yeah, we'll listen to you guys. Well, it's me and you talked about this during the break, and there was a guy, God rest his soul, I'm not going to mention his name, but that was one thing he said, and he was this way with the Bears. You know, it's the the state, unfortunately, sometimes, in my opinion, sways way more towards the predatory side of the animal spectrum, and – it's like he said to me one time, he goes, so what are we going to do? We're going to keep managing the predators and letting them have carte blanche until they eat everything and then they attack somebody. And then what do you do? I mean. Then then all of a sudden <laughs> knee jerks happen and uh, they make new rules. And now go out there and you need to shoot every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if there's more than four on a reef, you got to take out the other ones. We can only handle four. 
Because the rest of them will eat a human being. Yeah. And you know what? When they hold a free diver down there until they drown, uh, you know, it's going to be a little different. Or a 10-year-old or 11 or 14-year-old girl down there going down to shoot a lionfish and she gets attacked and killed. So, yeah. Yeah. That'll be all well and good. All right. We got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, and Jonathan in studio today. Give us a call if you want to. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. Take a fast one. We'll be right back. 